Hello, everybody. Welcome to Vaka Chemie. My name is Jörg Hoffmann. I'm the head of investor relations, and I'd like to walk you through three results. We presented them yesterday on the 26th of October. I'll show you the company presentation and have some comments for this. So if you have questions after the presentation, uh, you'll find my contact details at the end of the presentation. And uh, as always, happy to talk to you all. So let's begin. What you see here on the intro page is actually a sketch of a capacity expansion program that we have for specialty silicones at our Chinese site in Changjiagang. Changjiagang is one of our largest integrated silicone facilities. It means we, have, we make um, siloxane there, we produce silicon silicones there, specialty silicones there, and various intermediates, and we produce fumed silica there. So all of these streams are coordinated, just similar to the way that we do it in, in Europe, in Germany, where we then typically also have polysilicon assets attached to this. So let's move on. As always, message from our lawyers. Q3 highlights. We achieved sales of 1.5 billion euros in the third quarter, which is about 30% lower than last year. Now, what were the major drivers? And this is something that you'll, you'll hear over and over again and again. It was essentially lower ASPs and volumes that reduced sales. EBITDA came out at 152 million, resulting in EBITDA margin of about 10%. We saw continued headwinds in the chemicals business, similar to what we saw in Q2. But since demand is uh, held back sales and held back the absorption of inventory, for instance, and also led to lower utilization in our plants. We had much lower solar-grade polysilicon prices, started falling for solar-grade polysilicon in the last month of the second quarter and continued at that level. So the exit rate in Q2 determined the average price for Q3. We have to look into polysilicon into three different price categories. One is the semiconductor price, which is essentially unchanged. The other is the price for materials that are processed in China, but not staying in China, but exported from China, so-called international grades. They are sold at very firm prices in the mid-20s. And the price for domestic polysilicon in China, which due to massive capacity emission, has seen a precipitous fall to about 9 to $10. High energy costs and our trailing raw material costs continue to weigh on the on the PNL. As always, and because it's so important to us, we show something about sustainability on the first page. Uh, we were short. This is actually for the German sustainability price in 23, um, reflecting progress towards our net zero targets by 2024. Overall, a difficult quarter in the third quarter. Let's move on. Following uh, the sustained headwinds. We've updated our group guidance this quarter. Uh, we previously had a range in EBITDA between 800 million and a billion euros. We're now narrowing this down to the lower half of the range. So we're between 800 and 900 million. I think looking towards the midpoint is a good way to interpret this. Sales are also coming down. Other financial KPIs, however, are unchanged, especially cash generation and so forth. So we talked about the specialty silicones and expansion that we where we have a picture on the front page. Let's move on to the PL. You see the PL here. I think what you see, what's most striking is the compression of the gross margin compared to last year. Uh, this reflects the, the price decreases that we've seen. 
And you see in the bottom right picks essentially 400 million worth of price that reduced sales and uh, nearly 150 million on top of that from volume decreases. So uh, high costs of energy and raw materials combined with low demand and falling prices. Well, that gets you this compressed cross margin. Interesting to note, if you dig deeper into the PNL and we have full the full data available on the website, you can download Excel files with the financial tables that give you all the data back to whenever, is that our financial result was actually positive. Our interest result was positive in that we earned more interest on our liquidity than we were paying on net debt. But we'll get to that later. Here's our balance sheet, uh, pretty healthy. This is essentially a reflection of our restraint and discipline over the last years when we were making a lot of money with price increases in, in excess of raw material increases. Our net debt is relatively low comparably. Shareholder equity is very, very high. Our pensions are under control. So this is a healthy balance sheet and uh, that gives us a lot of confidence looking forward. And please don't forget, when you look at those balance sheets, we actually paid out nearly 600 million euros in a dividend in May. So there we go. Let's look into the segments. The most defining thing about the silicones business, our largest business in this third quarter, was the absence of strong demand. And this was true across all the regions. Prices for standards remained under pressure, while we are beginning to see negative pricing effects in some of the fringes and specialties. I mean, specialties is always a range. You have hard specialties and softer specialties. In the softer specialties, prices begin to fizzle, something that we had not seen in the second quarter. EBDA overall remains burdened by a demand-driven adverse mix effect, meaning we sell more, uh, relatively more standards than specialties. Typically, specialties are the ones that carry the profitability because demand for them is weak and you can move standards just by changing the price. The mix has changed, not enough favor. Overall, output is low and we are suffering from trading wrong higher raw material price. We, there was a crisis in the market last year when we were concerned about the availability of RAWs. We bought RAWs at prices that are now that are significantly now higher than what you are currently paying as cash prices if you were to buy the material today. So the problem here is that it takes... With the low demand, it takes longer to burn that inventory off. Should be done by the end of the fourth quarter. We'll see, and that will be a step change in the function of our raw materials and silicones. You see the updated outlook here, realizing that you know there is so little demand going on, and I re recognize that many people are still talking about destocking. But considering that the demand weakness has essentially persisted for a full year now, it's probably not no longer destocking. It's just the fact that our customers are producing this and are using this. On top of that, we find that customers are using this newfound availability of material when the material was previously always on allocation to start producing just in time. So they order in smaller installments, smaller lot sizes, and with higher frequency. Somewhat tricky for us because that means it reduces visibility and uh, our capability to plan forward. But um, it makes perfect sense for them to utilize this. So as you see in the outlook, year-end seasonality is going to kick in in the fourth quarter. Not a positive thing, but that happens every other year. So let's move on to polymers. 
Polymers is the one place where we have not changed our guidance. Despite a decrease in sales following weaker demand, largely from the construction industry, biggest weakest actually in Europe, we've been able to hold on to our prices and hold on to prices longer than it takes from raw materials to decline. In essence, we've increased our net pricing spread. And that means that we are actually looking to earn about the same level in absolute terms in EBTA than we were able to do in a very strong market last year. Great achievement from the segment. So volumes year over year or last year were somewhat comparable. ASPs are coming down. EBTA is literally driven by these positive net pricing benefits. And don't forget, last year we had a planned turnaround, so that explains the comps. Unchanged guidance, so I'll just skip over that. Um, Biosolutions, you know, this is a business where we literally want to grow to a billion euros in sales by 2030. Obviously, when you have such ambitions and you're starting from a very low level, there are base effects, the cost of growth, and that is holding, holding earnings back here. The other thing that we need to look at, uh, need to recognize when we look at the results in the biosolutions business, which at this point in time looks somewhat disappointing, is that on the face of it, you don't see that there is a massive transition going on behind those numbers. The 89 million in sales last year reflected a much higher share of legacy fine chemicals products than the 77 million euros in sales uh, that we recorded this year, which had a much, much higher share of biopharmaceutical products. The chemicals built parts suffers from the same issues as we see in silicones and in polymers. The biopharma stuff is actually going pretty strong. Nevertheless, all in all, and also with burden of integration costs from our recent acquisition in Spain, and the fact that we're building up for the mRNA facility in Halle, which will be servicing the German pandemic preparedness plan, by a beginning in the middle of the year, um, we are just sitting on a, on a huge stack of costs that are not productive at this point in time. That's going to change. So this is what it looks like when you start growing a business. Updated outlook, reduced profitability, but this is where, what it is. Polysilicon, we've actually had lower volumes in the third quarter. The sequential EBDA decline was mainly due to the collapse of uh, Chinese domestic uh, solar polypricing as I said in the introduction. We continue to see the, a very clear bifurcation in the solar market for uh, polysilicon grades, material that goes that is produced outside of China without Chinese inputs, gets processed in China and then sold uh, to places like the US, it sees a considerable premium versus Chinese domestic materials. There's all kinds of reasons for that. Let's not delve into those, it, but it's the, this different price differentiation is firming up. You see that EBITDA decreased significantly in the wake of this. We also had to update our, our outlook. The outlook essentially says a positive result in the fourth quarter, despite ongoing massive headwinds. And please do not forget, this is the part of the business where we have the highest usage of power. It consumes nearly three quarters of the power that we buy in Germany. Um, and Power in Germany is incredibly expensive at this point in time. There's hopes about an industrial power price that is being discussed, but let's not get overly excited about this. You know, I'll believe it when it's there. Let's see. Let's move on. Here we look at our financial position, 164 million euros in net debt at the end of the quarter. Very strong cash generation. 
We have like over 80% cash conversion rate in the third quarter. That's got to be a record. But you see here, essentially held by, by a massive dividend that we paid out. Um, we stick to our dividend policy. So going forward, uh, you should expect some volatility in the dividend because we're tying our dividend to to the earnings level are not really looking forward to uh, raising debt to pay dividends. So let's move on. Here's the overall overview, overview of all the components of our guidance. I think I should have updated the depreciation line because that's probably closer to going to be closer to the, the prior year level, but that's not that much of a difference of, of a difference. But apart from that, the only thing that's really changed is the top line and the EBDA, everything else we kept at this level. CapEx is going to come in at 650 million euros, maybe a little bit higher. That clearly reflects our conviction about the business and our conviction as to uh, how we increase capacities to better service our customers. You know, we have this 2030 targets out there that we, I think, introduced a year ago. Uh, you'll find all that in our roadshow presentation on the website, www.vaca.com. Rather ambitious plans. We have good reasons for those ambitious plans. The biggest project in our CapEx number in here is the expansion of our semiconductor grade facilities, uh, where we're increasing our, the capacity of our etching lines. We already have about 50% of the market in semiconductor grade polysilicon. So I think this is the right point in time to say thank you for using our product as you're looking at this from a silicon driven device. We are looking to increase that further and uh, and support the growth of this industry, high quality materials that are that are enabling the latest design rules. So everything else pretty much unchanged. Here's our appendix, the various, uh, we'll, we can go through all the numbers. I think what's interesting is when you look into solar, how fast the solar market is accelerating. Um, there are some people that are saying they are looking towards 400 gigawatts already in installations this year. Mind you, that's like four times as much as we saw 2018, just to keep that in perspective. Also, another thing to keep in perspective is here's the RAWs that I talked about. You see the spike in silicon metal at the end of the year, where there were severe concerns about availability of material. We're still working that off. Um, van prices coming down. This pretty much also is our pricing curve. Natural gas, we saw the spike last year. We came through this with hedging. We hedged like for um, about three quarters um, into the next year for electricity. We hedged into the next year for about 50%. doesn't make much sense to raise the hedging rate there because um, the forwards carry very high risk premium and there's no clear benefit to hedging, so we're skipping that. That said, this was our third quarter. We've published our financial calendar for the next year. There's a capital market day scheduled in here in June. We're going to hold, hold this at our major site in Burghausen. Now, just keep the date in mind. You see our publications there, and when you download this from the website, you'll find that there are links attached to this. I suggest to take a look at both the updated factbook and another customer magazine. And with that, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your interest in Wakatini. And again, if you have any questions, here are our phone numbers. Looking forward to speaking to you. Thank you.
Disclaimer. As described in our legal section on our website www.seat11a.com, this publication is just for informational purposes only. This means it is not considered to give you any investment advice. Any opinion or recommendation expressed by the companies is neither given nor supported by us and should not be considered an investment advice from our side. Also remember that any opinion or recommendation expressed is subject to changes without further notice. The content itself is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or timeline of its content. Seat11a.com and its employees disclaim all liabilities for any loss that may arise in any form from any use of information in the video slash audio and from our website. We neither express any opinion on the future value of any security or other investment vehicle, nor recommend any investment based on the information given. Please consider the publications and our website as a platform for companies to present themselves, but you need to seek financial advice from an expert regarding the accuracy and appropriateness of the material presented or recommended by the companies in the publication, as we are just considered a publisher. We may hold and trade any time securities in the presenting company, may it be a listed or private company. By consuming our content, you agree to these terms and the terms in our legal section on our website.